<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. What's good, everyone? Alex Ruteris here with another Jets episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And with me, as always, my buddy, my coach, my pal, the man with the plan, the one and only, the one and only, John Malika. And with us, as always, is video producer extraordinaire, Greg Albert. We back, baby. We back. We're two and two. New York Jets are two and two. We're back home against the Miami Dolphins. We have not defeated a divisional opponent within the last two years under Joe Douglas's tenure with Robert Sala. That, that's got to change. That- uh, Owen, Owen 0-12 with Douglas and 0-6 with Sala is a tough look, man. Uh, we, we can't be. We can't keep that going. So this it changes this week, guys. It changes this week. All right. But before we get into that, how are you all feeling today? What's going on with you, John? What's going on with you, Greg? Everything's good with me, man. Uh- Knicks preseason, I mean, talk about a great game. The Rangers preseason today, they're killing. The Yankees locked up playoffs, good to go till Tuesday. Hopefully the DS will be fine. So everything is good in that world. We're sitting over here. I'm staring at this jet schedule. We have a really favorable two games just based on luck where two was out this week. We'll get into that. And then next week we have Green Bay. Coming out of London, I mean, ooh, uh, right now I am the most optimistic I could possibly be, uh, especially because we're about to start the Knicks season, start the Rangers season, Yankees playoffs, <laughs> Jets, you know, get to the gauntlet. So, like, I think October 5th <laughs> right now, this is my sweet spot. <laughs> like, I think I found it. World Cup starting great. soon. <laughs> What's up? World Cup starting soon. Yeah, the Thankfully, that's after the MLB playoffs. Okay. So, like, I won't, it won't be too much. Oh, going man. On. If World Cup was happening right now, I don't think we'd see. I think it'd be even tough to get John on the podcast. John would be like, oh, yeah, I'm going here, <laughs> going over there. Man, it's going well, to four games this upcoming week. <laughs> well, yeah, that and the Knicks practice on Sunday. But, dude, the, the cuts, uh, the cuts are time difference. Time difference is pretty good for us. So it's, it's all mm-hmm. during the, in the morning, during the workday. Yep. Nice little background soccer. So it's kind of nice, man. Our, our, our full days are going to be full of football, both kinds, basketball, 
I mean, I'll be celebrating 28 rings, but we'll get to that at a different time. Greg, how you doing? Dude, I'm doing good, man. I spent the day today watching like just different Jets channels break down Zach Wilson in the fourth quarter. So shout out. There are so many Jet YouTubers. Once you start going down this list, I've started off with Richie over at Jets Media. And I I mean, he does the full game. He was, I like, watched yeah. all 22 with him today. It was amazing. I do that every week with him, by the way. It's so good. Two hours long. It was great breaking down stuff. Um, seeing stuff that you don't see when you're watching the game. So that was great. But then I just went down a rabbit hole, found a bunch of other guys that are doing it. So shout out to them. Shout out to Jets YouTube. People putting in the work, people breaking down the film. It was awesome to see. And it's cool, too, because it's the same plays, but everyone has a different opinion. and Everyone sees stuff a little differently. So you get to see little things. Um, it was cool. So. Really excited off the win. Really excited with what we got with Zach Wilson, if he can keep it going. So hoping to build. We talked about this season building off last season. I'm hoping this game he builds off that fourth quarter and we just keep it rocking and rolling because that last four, that fourth quarter, those last two drives, dude, he was great. He was 10 of 12 for 100 something yards, two touchdowns, but also two or a touchdown. Also, two, he got everyone in the mix. Michael Carter was in the mix. Conklin was in the mix. Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall ran in for a touchdown. Like the offense is humming in that fourth, fourth quarter. quarter. The fourth quarter was really impressive. I'm, we'll get into a little bit about what you learned uh, from from last week. This is no longer the rapid reaction we've had time. Like you said, to not only watch by ourselves. I watch with Richie every week, the old way too. And then we've got you know we've gone through it. So uh, I'm curious to get. Uh, Anything extra uh, that you might have learned, but Alex, how you doing, man? How you feeling? You were all up late on Knicks fan TV. People Ooh. started making the cuts <laughs> off you off your first preseason day. <laughs> oh man, I think I need. Uh, I think I need. I need a preseason as well. All right, look. <laughs> all right, even the even the analysts, just like all of us podcasters, we all need to go through our repetitions. Make sure that we get uh, get our vocals, get our analysis on point. Know how to use words properly. Not be tired. <laughs> hey man, we got, we, it go, we go through it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll keep, I'll keep it family for today. What I, what I said, go to, <laughs> Twitter, go to <laughs> IG, go find it. <laughs> That's classic. How, how you doing, man? I'm good, bro. I'm ready for I know you're reeling off that Knicks win. I'm feeling great. And guess what? This one's going to keep going for this week for the Jets. We're going to get a divisional win. We're going to beat the Miami Dolphins. Oh, man. All right. Well, for, first of all, can we talk about the disrespect that ESPN is giving us right now? They got the <laughs> Yo, matchup. Damn. This has been like the, got the matchup the predictor. It, it started, got- Alex, it started with us being the last pick of the draft from literally last year up until like week two. We were still the last pick. But what's up? What, what's new? What oh, is my God. ESPN, ESPN giving us the matchup predictor. 58.6% Miami Dolphins win, 40.9% with giving us the chance to win. They're not giving us any favors right now. They th- they still think we're going to lose to the Miami Dolphins. I get it. They got talent. They got a solid defense, all right? But you're missing your quarterback. All right? You're not going to have two of this week. He's been a, he's a, been a big factor why they've been winning. He's out. You know, we're going to talk to uh to our guy part of the fan side network, Paul, all right? Paul Ficken, who, who's going to be up next with us for the next half of this segment. We'll get his takes on the Miami Dolphins, where they're at, get more intel there. But this is kind of disrespectful, man. You're telling me we're going to lose to a second-string quarterback? That that hurts a little bit. That hurts. I'm only going to push back a little bit because if you uh, listen to the last episode of Winning Picks Weekly for this upcoming weekly slate, Greg very astutely pointed out that Teddy Two Gloves is an absolute cover machine. And at this point, sitting here, 
The Jets are field goal and a hook dogs at home. Yep. So uh, honestly, at the end of the day, Eastman's kind of being nice to us. We're kind of giving us a 50-50 shot here. Meanwhile, we're three and a half dogs at home. But to be honest with you, man, I mentioned it. I mean, in the preview with Claudio, I've, I've mentioned it after week one. I've mentioned it after the Bengals game because I was there myself. There's just no home field advantage at MetLife, dude. And maybe it's the fans or maybe it's the team who literally haven't scored a touchdown at MetLife this season, man. So we have, I, I understand being disrespected, but I don't, I'm kind of not hating on them. I kind of get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the, the, the Jets stink at home. We're back home. We're, we've turned into road warriors, which is fun, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not feeling too disrespected by that. I'm, I'm, we, we, we have to, we have to put up or shut up. And this is the week, dude. If we go over 0-13 with Joe Douglas against the division, right? If we're now below 500 because we lose to Teddy Bridgewater with no Tua, with no Xavier Howard, with maybe no Tron Armstead, we'll get into the injury reports. They're absolutely right. We stink. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is it. Like, if we can't win this game, man, everybody is, is totally right. So I'm kind of feeling pressure. You know, just as a fan being there, like I'm feeling pressure uh, about this game. Greg, do you feel like we're being disrespected by uh, by the 50-50 shot here? Not really. I mean, I saw some graphic going around with all the experts picking. Everyone had the Dolphins in a clean slate. I think everyone had the Dolphins last week in Pittsburgh or the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers against us last week too. So. You tweeted that from the Winning P Weekly account. Yeah, tweeted that from the Winning P Weekly account. Yeah, cause just because it's just giving me vibes last week again. Like everyone's picking against us. To your point on Winning P Weekly, we talked about it this week. Teddy Bridgewater, 23 and three against the spread on the road in his career. It's pretty freaking good. So if he does cover again, they're going to win by four or more. But dude, I just don't think it's the same Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think it's the same teams that he was playing on before. I saw in his press conference today, I don't know if you guys caught it, him like talking about coming back from his injury and mm-hmm. how the Jets were the first team to give him a workout and a training camp and OTAs to kind of find confidence in himself again. So I thought that was a pretty cool story. I like Teddy Bridgewater. I th- I don't think he's that big of a fall off from Tua. Like, you know, some, you know, we talked on here, Tua maybe not the best quarterback going into the season. He obviously had a great co- first couple of games, but. Dude, Teddy Bridgewater showed out last week. I mean, he threw a 60-yard bomb to Tyreek Hill. He had like 100-something yards. It was 200 yards. He was really efficient. I think it was like 17 for 24 or something like that. So, again, he came in. I think he played pretty well. So, um, I don't think it's that big of a fall-off for Miami at the quarterback position. If I'm Miami, I'm more concerned about the running game. They just got none of it. It's it's all pass or nothing. So, And that's um, fair. That's fair, Greg. I mean, Ted... And, you know, shout out to Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, we thought there was competition between him and Sam Darnold when he was on this team. Yeah. Um, look, you're right. I mean, he was a starter in this league before he went down with that terrible injury. He was out there in, uh, in Denver as a starter. Now he's, you know, he, he, he has that starting experience as a quarterback. So you're right. It isn't that too far of, of a drop off when you get, when you have him behind, under, uh, under center. But I just feel like, man, we're, we're healthy. You know, for the most part, I know our tackle situation is, is, is bleak. It's on, it's on the, it's on the come up. Dwayne Brown. All right. <laughs> he, he, uh, on, on the mend. <laughs> speaking but, of, but speaking of interviews or, or notes from today, he said 
that there was a possibility he was going to get a shoulder surgery and be done for the season, but he opted not to. I mean, I, I am completely baffled by the situation. <laughs> I, I do not get it, dude. I, don't, I still don't know who did the physical for him. I would still like to meet the doctor who did a physical on Dwayne Brown and gave it's him crazy. guaranteed money. But, dude, if he plays this week, he's going to be our savior, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I guess let's take that with a grain of salt. But I just wanted before. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Completely diving into this uh, week's game versus Miami. Greg, you kind of mentioned all this, uh, you know, tape and reviews that you went through for the week. I'll tell you a, a couple things that I learned. One, I, I was... Confirmed that Elijah Barry Tucker is the best player on the Jets without question. Yep. Um, the, he's joking around this week how he wants to play right tackle and center. I mean, must be the coolest dude on the whole team. Other, <laughs> other players are crying when they try to move positions. This guy's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. I don't care. Go from right guard to left tackle, left guard to right guard, down to left tackle, and he's willing to go to right tackle and center. I mean, Elijah Barry Tucker is absolutely the man. Connor McGovern. Damn. Dude, the tape. I mean, I'm not an offensive line expert, right? I'm not. I'm not an NFL expert. I'm not. I'm not. Yo. But dude, watching McGovern, he's getting killed on every single play. He's not giving us a chance. Like all the blown up plays, whether it's the run or whether that's on the quarterback or that Zach running for his life, which he did like specifically two times and got positive yardage. That that is the difference without Flacco. Uh, that Zach Wilson can bring. I mean, McGovern had a really tough game. McDermott was amazing on the right. Like, we, we talk about offensive line. He did amazing. Nate Herbig did fine. I know it's Nate Herbig. He did fine as right guard. Maybe right guard's just not that hard to play. I don't know. We haven't had a right guard in years, right? Nate Herbig did fine. The left tackle, Bear Tucker did amazing. Literally amazing. But the center was just really tough. And on the other side of that, Quinn Williams was unreal. Yeah. Monster <laughs> this season. He didn't show up in the statue, but uh, I was watching with Richie and he he paused and went crazy uh, when he uh literally lifted the center at one point and he like yes. had him on one foot. Uh, we like paused it. We were joking around. He like screenshotted it. We were joking like Quinn Williams, unbelievable. So that was really good. Uh, Sauce Gardner today talked about how uh, he was uh, envious uh, of his fellow uh, DBs for getting all these interceptions, which really blew up last week. Watching the tape, dude. Do you guys remember? The Asante Samuel from the Patriots on the Super Bowl when he dropped the Eli Manning interception with the yep. two toes. Like he had it in his hand. He was looking down at his toes that like slipped right through. Dude, the same exact thing happened to Gardner. It was on the, it was on the same sideline. 
he had his toes in and it went right through his hand. And after, after, cause like it rolls for a little bit after you can see he was just like smacking his hand. Like he was so pissed at himself. This, this week he's talking about getting an interception, all his boys getting one. We kind of got lucky on the other side where Zach Wilson had an interception dropped by Minka. Dude, like, dude, a couple, but one was like, could have ended the whole game. So yeah. that, one, that one was tough. So we got lucky on both sides there. So I guess just from that aspect, that's definitely what I learned. Everyone's watching the fourth quarter, right? We all know Corey Davis came in clutch. Zach Wilson moving around the pocket. Zach Wilson having the wherewithal to get up to the line in that fourth quarter off that mm-hmm. Corey Davis non-catch, if we're being honest with you, and be able to snap it and get positive yards and no penalty. I mean, that's amazing. I know other teams like, yeah, dude, that's like football one-on-one. We see that every single week. Yeah, but for the Jets, that has not been the case for a very long time. <laughs> we don't get touchdowns at home, dude. The fact that we're, we're putting fourth-quarter drives, where we we know where the clock is. Salah is saying they have like a word for it. Uh, that he didn't really want to, like, want to mention, but he's like, we have a word that's like, dude, just go snap the ball. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. Like, go, like, just go run a play. Cause, like, I forget, like, you have like, an emergency word. So, team is, has chemistry. They're hyped. They know they don't deserve to win any of these games <laughs> so far. They know it. And the last note, and I've been really hard on him, Marcel Harris, real player, played very good, very, very good this week. I know who he is. I've been saying, who the hell is Marcel Hallis? Get him off my team. I need a real linebacker. He's pretty good. He's doing pretty good. So I I, got to give him that. So that's just, I know it's a little long-winded, but I just had to go over the non-rapid reaction from last week because we were so hyped. I mean, I I couldn't even see straight after that that, that last win. So, Greg, did you learn anything uh, extra or anything to add? Yeah, just to tack on just a couple other things. Like I watched, uh, was a Brees Hall on the official Jets podcast this week, dude. I think he played phenomenal and he keeps playing phenomenal week in, week out. So just seeing him progress, seeing him get the reps that he needs. I think what is he? The, he's the fourth longest air yards receiver in the NFL right now. Running back, wide receiver, tight end doesn't matter. Oh, like, dude, you know, that reminds me that we ran two of the exact same plays. One worked, one didn't. And it's basically the running back rolling out. And just like running out and Zach Wilson doing his like, I guess signature at this point, roll out to the right one foot throw like above that guy. And yeah. one time it was short to Brees Hall and it was still fine, but it could have been a literal touchdown. And one time it was just a bad throw to Michael Carter. I mean, they're running that play, dude. Yeah, they're trying. So, I mean, like I said, this offense, I feel like is finding a shape. The one thing too that I noticed, I could be wrong with this. We talked a lot about penalties on this team, especially pen- penalties from veterans really kicking us in the butt. Dude, I don't see a lot of penalties from this offensive line. And I think True. that's really great to see. Not a lot of holds, not a lot of false starts. Like we're mixing guys up all over the place. <laughs> New guys coming in every week. Guys are going to different positions. This offensive line, despite the injuries, is playing stellar. It's playing as good as we need it to. So as long as they can stay healthy, as long as we can keep it going. Um, they were also talking with, um, another former offensive lineman today in some clip. Maybe it was that one that you shared from ESPN, Alex, where they were asking him how long it takes for an offensive line to kind of gel together. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about Cincinnati, but it's true four across the league. Years. And they said four or five weeks. So, you know, this offensive line's still growing together, still getting better. And AVT, to your point, John's the best player on the team right now. So he's, he's, he's unbelievable, dude. Yeah. Uh, last thing you mentioned penalties. That Carl Lawson penalty, which I was super mad about at the time, 
I was even more heat because it, it gave up points, right? It gave up yeah. eight points. It could have been zero, almost gave up seven points. Uh, I was really mad about it in the rapid reaction, but going back and rewatching it, dude, Carl Lawson ran 25 yards. Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, once, once they did like the all 22 from the different angle, I'm like, no way he was that far. Cause like, you know, they show you what happens and then they kind of, dude, he ran 20 yards to go hit him. There's nothing in the world that was going to stop him from hitting the quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, it, 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 yeah. it was it was a bang bang play first of all, but second of all, dude, he he ran 20 yards. Like, he, he almost baited him into that uh, into that call. So I'm not as mad at, at Carl Lawson as I was last week. So I guess I'll put it out there after the tape. Alex, a, 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 anything from uh, from what Greg and I said, or did you learn anything on your own from just like? After the rapid reaction, I know it was a highly emotional game. The one thing I'll say is that our wide receivers are pretty stellar, man. You know, we got to, we're deep at wide receiver. I'm looking at the wide receiver stats right now, and including Tyra Conklin, just all our pass catchers. Dude, no one has less than 192 yards for receiving purposes between Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, Tyler Conklin, Corey Davis. Those are your four top guys that. 192 for both Elijah Moore and, and Tyler Conklin just because of the underneath guys. But, yo, Corey Davis leading the pack with 261 right now. He's got two touchdowns. You see that he's just, yes, we can be frustrated with his drops, but the fact that we see these guys making plays out there, this is just different than what we've seen previously, even last season, right? I mean, everyone went down last season. It was Elijah Moore and Corey Davis that we're really focusing in on. But with the addition of Garrett Wilson, who's been a solid route runner, man, and just being able to get good separation, we're still waiting for Elijah Moore to get there. And it's not been, you know, we saw that stat where Elijah Moore's got like 1.8 separation, which has not really been the case. He's began a lot of separation. That stat that Connor Hughes tweeted out was whenever he was targeted. But he's been open on so many plays. Right. I'm just looking for Elijah Moore to get more involved in this game. You know, he's my number one guy who I really like. I think he's another Antonio Brown coming up. But besides that, Garrett Wilson's been stellar. Can, I mean, we, he, can we do A.J. Brown instead? <laughs> yeah, A.J. Brown. Yeah. I'm just thinking hype, man. 5'10", dude. That's all. It's, it's a bit, it's a bit. I don't want to say Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders was solid, but we know how, we, we, we know how Antonio Brown was. Uh, but no, look, like... I think Elijah Moore is going to get his his turn, but right now I'm looking at the blanket that is Corey Davis. He's the security blanket for Zach Wilson. We saw it down the stretch of that game. I'm waiting for Zach to get a little bit more comfortable with Garrett Wilson, just because the you know the amount of targets that we've seen from last season. It makes sense why Corey Davis is is reliable. Tower Conklin, we saw he wasn't getting pepper like when Joe Flacco was under center, but still he showed up, was catching the ball, no fumbles, just. I'm waiting for, I'm just waiting for Elijah Moore to have his day. As of right now, it's been Corey Davis has been stepping up, being that veteran wide receiver with the play on his field when it comes to being an actual receiver. Still ticked off about that penalty during the Cincinnati Bengals. But man, our pass catchers, we actually have weapons, man. That's what I've been learning so far. It's the, it's just, can we get stability at the quarterback play and can it be consistent enough where we get some touchdowns? We get good offense. You know, Zach Wilson's first week back. I think this week we'll see a little bit more fluidity out of Zach Wilson. I think he's a little bit more comfortable. John, you mentioned it last week. He didn't play like he was scared because of his injury coming back off a knee injury. He looked, he started to get more comfortable. We saw that comeback in the fourth quarter where he started to put everything together. 10 for 12, right? Had that game winning drive. I just need to see that through all four quarters now. He's back. 
They're, they're, it's, I, I understand they're still trying to get into rhythm, but I'm expecting him to be in rhythm against this Miami Dolphins team. And can we get, we just need a home win, man. We just need a home win. So I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to that, man. I'm I mean, looking forward to wa- continue to watch this offense. That's a perfect transition into this week's injury report because we're talking about getting lucky. Everybody's fixated on Tua, as you should, right? Starting quarterback. But dude, Byron Jones is supposed to come back this week off IR. Their number one quarterback. He's not coming back. That's huge for us. Yeah. Xavier Howard not practicing with a groin. That's huge for us. Teron Armstead, their left tackle, not practicing with a toe. He's been out for a, a while. So that one's on you, but that's still tough. Both of their guards are not practicing, right? Uh, I, I saw Robert Jones isn't. Oh, I think maybe just Robert Jones. Uh, he's not practicing, but again, it's still early. Jalen Wild didn't practice with a groin. I'm sure he's going to play. I'm not going to get excited about that. <laughs> um, Melvin Ingram, he'll play. That's just a rest. But other than that, they're okay. Even, uh, uh, Keon Gro- uh, Croson or Grosen, he's their, um, like their third corner. He's out or he's not practicing for now. I just, I just think they have, uh, an interesting, um, an interesting injury report. They have a really tough week. And if I'm Miami, this is a nice letdown spot. You know what I mean? It's a division game. We don't have our quarterback. We don't have both of our cor- – you know, honestly, our number two of our cornerbacks, our, our top two, maybe even our third, he's out. Jets are getting lucky in that situation. And you just mentioned the Jets wide receivers and how many yards they're going. Greg just mentioned Brees Hall's getting his leading or top five in the league in catching yards or in the air. It's all established by, you know, that, that ESPN clip that you guys are mentioning, right? With Marcus Spears and the Orlovsky and Mina Kimes. They mentioned the play action, dude. And when you go back and you watch what the Jets did well, it was established to run and have a play action. It opens up wide receivers. Elijah Moore's open. You can see it on the tape. The Philly, Philly, you know, the Jets version of it with the gritty at the end. That's just extra stuff. And the other, we, we, we've doing, you know, uh, great things with special, with special plays, right? We had the, the fake punt. We had the onside kick. We had that play, but we also almost literally lost the entire game due to a, a, a weird play where they threw it back to Wilson and it could have yeah. been over. Could have been over. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you nah, know that I mean? was my takeaway on the rap reaction. Like, what's up with the trick plates? What are we doing? <laughs> literally the whole, like, everything would have been over. We would have fired Salah on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Zach Wilson would have been done. And now, on the other side of that, he put a game-winning drive. And so I was coach of the week. So uh, our mom, we have the momentum. Yeah. Salah called out the Jets organization for uh, for him being outscored by almost 200 points, which is almost unheard of <laughs> to division opponents. Uh, obviously, he called out the winless record. He didn't mention that he didn't score a touchdown. I'll, I'll, I'll sit here and mention that for you guys, that the Jets have not scored a touchdown at MetLife Stadium. That's why we had nothing to cheer about. How how loudly can I cheer for kicks and miss kicks? Like it's just sarcastic at that point, right? Because he missed the kick at first, and then like I'm just now clapping that he made the next 45 yarder. Like there's no, there's nothing here that's there to cheer for. So I understand him calling out the fans. He wants us to be there early. I'm not gonna be there early. I'm gonna be there just on time because I got that Knicks practice. But I'm gonna be there on time. I'll be ready to cheer. But I I I need. I need the Jets to actually come out hot for the first time. Uh, obviously, I needed to score. It would be fantastic if we score on, on the first drive. But we have to take advantage of the wide, of the cornerbacks that are injured with the wide receivers that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. we got to run the ball. Like, Greg, you mentioned we're unbelievable at running. 
And I, I'm going to call it, guys. I think Gardner gets his first pick this week. Yo, our secondary has been, I mean, four interceptions last week. Our secondary has been on point. Could have been DJ, six. We dropped two. Yeah, but <laughs> DJ, DJ Reed talked about communication, and you saw how much that changed, especially in the secondary last week with the four interceptions. Well, we're going to have Teddy Bridgewater under center. We already talked, we already brought that up. Secondary, I feel I could take advantage of Teddy Bridgewater, uh, considering that you think about Tua being with the first unit, getting all the reps during OTAs, everything else. You know, second string quarterbacks don't get a lot of repetitions. I think you can start taking advantage of that, especially with, yes, they're getting prepared for this, this, this week. You know, it's a limited playbook to a certain degree, uh, especially with the amount of repetitions that the second string quarterback gets with the first unit. I think this is a good chance for the secondary to get to get to get involved and take advantage of Teddy Bridgewater. We just need that front seven, man. Okay, can we get the front seven to stop the run? Can we get them to take advantage? Can we get Carl Lawson? You know, getting more pressures. Jermaine Johnson's been doing his thing, but come on, Carl Lawson. So come on, CJ Mosley. <laughs> that's a well, CJ Mosley, a whole different story. But that's the thing with the, with, the, with the actual D line is the interior. We're killing them in the interior. That's oh, yeah. why that's why we're getting pressure. So. This is the first time where I don't feel like it's BS. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, don't worry. The interior linemen, they're doing work. It's just not showing up in the stats. Well, they used to lie to us with Sheldon Richardson and, and Mo Wilkerson, right? Where it's like, all right, bro. But like at some point to see the penetration at least go, you know, cl- uh, collapse in the pocket. I need to see other players pressuring, you know, the, the quarterback to get out of the pocket from the other side. You see Quinnen Williams literally forcing the quarterback to one side and then the players converging. They're actually playing team defense. At some point, it's going to come together. Greg, you mentioned how depleted our offensive line was. There's a lot of teams with way worse injuries. I'm starting to notice. Like the Chargers, like the Dolphins this week. Like there's a lot of teams with depleted offensive lines that we have to, have to, have to take advantage. If we don't win this week, I... We're not gonna. We're, we're not even gonna be in the. We're not gonna make the playoffs. We're not gonna make the hunt. I, I know it's crazy. I think it's so early in the season and we're two and two. But if we can't beat Miami with no Tua and no cornerbacks at home, or we're desperate for a home win, it, it's over. Like just forget it. This season is literally just a normal, you know, regular old season. Let's just hit five hundred and call it a day. So for me, this is a huge, huge, huge game. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. And you guys were talking about Sauce. I don't know if you guys saw someone interviewing Sauce. Uh, it was after practice, before practice, something like that, talking about Tyreek Hill and Tyreek Hill's speed. And he was like, hey, man, like I played against Jamison Williams in college. Like He's the fastest wide receiver at Alabama last few years. I wish you didn't like, bring up that game because that when I was reviewing so much uh, Gardner Tate, that was the worst game <laughs> for me to oh, watch. Yeah. So yeah. I wish, but I wish he was like, he's like, I just got, he's like, I got, I got ways to deal with it. Like, I'm not yeah. going to be, he's like, he's, he's like, James William is a Tyreek Hill speed, but he's like, I got ways to do it. It's not going to catch me off guard, which like, I think that's great to hear from a rookie. And then also obviously DJ Reed's been around a little bit too. Like he can help him with it. So to your point, Alex, I think you've made a comment on one of our rapid reaction videos. Like has DJ Reed's comments and tone kind of, you know, made it through this defense. And his defense is kind of clicking a little bit. John, you just talked about team defense too. Like I really do think that this team is playing defense a whole lot better. The players are helping other players make plays. And that's what you need if you're going to succeed. You know, yes, Joyner had two picks and, you know, Whitehead had one and Michael Carter had another, but other players were making plays so they could intercept the ball and get a tip ball and make something happen. Yes, Quinn Williams had a sack. 
but he also helped other people get sacks. So if this defense why pressure. Just yeah, pressure. If this the thing is, man, keep playing team defense. I think we got a good shot this week against Miami and Teddy Bridgewater. And the thing is, like for Teddy Bridgewater, when he's played close to a full season or most of a full season, like his rookie season, got sacked thirty nine times. Second year, was, played six. How about you? Was that bro? Was huh? Like, what, what year? Yeah, it was two thousand twelve. It's two thousand fourteen. Oh two thousand fourteen. Two thousand fourteen. He got sacked thirty nine times. Fifteen forty four times. Then twenty twenty. 31 times last season, 31 times. Teddy Bridgewater, you can get to him. Okay. He's not the most, it seems like he's not the most aware quarterback. All right. So I'm just saying Carl Lawson, Jermaine Johnson, Quinn and Williams, you got your prime opportunity right now. He got sacked, uh, last week. He got, he was sacked once, but I'm looking, I'm looking for this off. I'm looking for this defensive line, not offensive line, defensive line to get after Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, if you saw last week with Teddy Bridgewater, he threw the game-ending interception because there's just miscommunication. He yeah. thought when the guy saw a certain type of coverage on the route, he was going to fade right, and instead he cut left. Like, we can take advantage of stuff like that. He's had one week to prepare for this game. To your point, Alex, it's been two all season, getting the reps, getting the OTA practice, getting the training camp stuff. So there's going to be growing pains for this team, so we have to strike when the iron's hot. We have to score touchdowns at MetLife. We have to beat a divisional opponent. The fact that there's a shot right now at being three and two in October and having two October wins. I can't remember the last time we had two October wins. So I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but we have to strike when the iron's hot. We have to get this win this week. Yeah, man. We could potentially be tied for first in the division if we win this week. I mean, don't even get me started. Talk John. about getting ahead of yourself. Don't even get me started, John. <laughs> it could be crazy out here. It's first going to upset Buffalo, maybe? No, that's not going to happen. All we have to do is make an open field tackle, in my opinion. Yeah. But yeah. B- before before we jump into uh, this interview with our friend from the Fan Sided Network, uh, Paul Pickett, on his podcast on the Fin Side, let me ask you guys this real quick. Nice little hypothetical to get us out here. What's going to happen first? A Gardner interception or a Jets touchdown at home? Jets touchdown at home. All right. Jets touchdown, but I need a Gardner interception. Oh, winning two weekly, I took the prop over one and a half. So I need some interceptions. That would hurt me last week, Sauce. I knew exactly what you were talking about, John. So I was screaming about it. So let's get it going, Sauce. Number one player, according to what, DJ, enemy. So congrats on that. Let's keep it going here. But we need some interceptions, man. we got to cash this ticket. we got to sure. win this game, sure. bro. Plus three All right, and guys. and the money line. All right, but before we get out of here, we got to give our takes on what the score will be, who's winning, John, I'm going to start with you first. What's the score? Who's winning? Jets are going to win 20 to 13. Wow. Taking my score from last week. I like it. Well, right. I had 2016 last week, right? Yeah, you had 20 and 16. Taking my score 20 and 13. I like it. Yeah. Greg, yeah. what do you got? close. 24 20. I said, I said yeah. I'll win in P weekly. I like the over on this one just because I think the Miami defense is banged up a little bit. We can throw the ball. They can throw the ball. I think there's going to be some explosive plays, some big plays. So, I don't know. Give me Jets 30, Miami 22. Holy cow. 20, 24. Wow. We, we scored 31 against the Browns. Man, let's go 30-24. At we, home? We, we scored zero oh, touchdowns man. at MetLife, so I can't. That's, why I, I That's what I'm us, saying. That's what I'm saying. I give us two touchdowns and two field goals. I mean, there that's the be, most I can do. We will have a deep touchdown. I don't know who. I don't know where. Should Corey be. Davis was a top five in the league and catches Killing over it. 15 or 20 yards, something like that. I forget the, the actual graphic we were sharing. Today, Garrett Wilson. But, Garrett Wilson, 60 plus yard touchdown. That's the guy who's going to go, who's going to catch it. I love it. Sign me up. Yep. Put the prop in now. <laughs> um, Alex, what do you got for a score? 
All right. So for my score, I'm going to go between where both of you are. I'm going to go 20. I'm going to go 20, 28. I'm going to go 28. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting up there. Too. I like it. Four Good. touchdowns. Four touchdowns, no field goals. Oh my God. <laughs> what? 28. Where am I going on 20, 28 to 24 Jets. Amazing. Love it. I would love, love it. I, I would, I would have the happiest drive of my life. <laughs> we have four touchdowns. John might not make it home. He might be partying at MetLife. <laughs> this is the last time I saw Zach Wilson. Uh, was it? I don't, I, the last memory of mine, how about that? Cause I don't remember I like exactly. The last memory of mine of Zach Wilson at MetLife was him throwing four interceptions to New England. So if he's going to throw four touchdowns, <laughs> sign me up, bro. Sign me the hell up. We might run a couple. We might run a couple, John, but he's going to yeah, throw. Yeah, give he Michael Carter, man. Throw. Michael Carter needs his touchdown for the season. All he right. Does. Brees Hall, Brees Hall's got his, uh, let's get it to Michael Carter this week. Hopefully Michael Carter can Carter get Carter had a touchdown last week. Got brought back by a flag. Nonsense. Yeah, no. His uh, own flag. Yeah. It stinks. Come on, Michael. We got you. MC. We got MC squared with the Intel last week. We need MC to get that touchdown. We got, we got to even all out. Got oh, yeah. even all out. But hey, we're going to take this break. We'll come back with Paul Picken on the fin side to give us that Miami Dolphins Jets matchup breakdown. Let's go. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Perfect. Do I stop recording and then like what up, Ricey? Part two. Part two. All right, everyone, and we're back with Paul Picken of the what, what, what of the words on, on the fin side, on the fin side, on the fin side. Got lost in my notes over here. On the fin <laughs> side, Paul Picken. My bad for the for the. For the hiccup right there. But Paul, how you doing, man? How are you feeling? Thank you for joining us and, and getting into this Jets Dolphins matchup. What's going on, man? How you been? Dude, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. <clears throat> um, I'm a little bummed out because most years I go down with 12, 1300 Dolphin fans and, and, and go to the game at MetLife every year. But unfortunately, I'm, I'm in my own playoff push right now, as I know I told you guys about off the air. So I won't be able to be at the game on Sunday, but. It's shaping up to be an interesting one. We're really going to miss you, man. We're really going to miss you out here at MetLife. We're really disappointed that you're not coming out here with a, a couple thousand Dolphins fans <laughs> ruining uh, MetLife. And honestly, you know, like our, our coach called us out uh, this this week. It's funny you mentioned it. Like, literally, he said, we need the fans out here. They We don't really have a home field advantage, kind of admitted to it. We haven't won any division games with Talak. We haven't won any division games with Joe Douglas. We've been getting outscored by almost 200 points in football, which is insane <laughs> to the division. I mean, I get it, but we haven't scored any touchdowns at home this year. So, it, I mean, it, it's all full circle, but I'm going to tell you what, man. We have you here. You're, you're, you're a friend, fan-sided partner. 
But we are looking to squish the fish this week, man. We need it. We need it more than anything in the whole the heart world. Too. Don't worry, Paul. I got you with the heart. Don't worry. I got you. <laughs> we need it more than anything in the whole world. And we're two and two. You're three and one. What's your take on the Dolphins season so far? I mean, from you, you've had ups and downs everywhere. From your quarterback, supposed to be the worst, and now he was the best. And then you have the injury controversy. You got the rookie head coach we're all making fun of in the, in, in the, in the co- press conferences before he even got hired. I was like, who is this guy? He's in over his head, doing pretty well. You know, even show we show up with Jordan's like the first game. He did like, show up with Jordan's first. Like, like, all right, this is not going to work out. But he's he's been doing great. The Dolphins have been on on a nice trajectory. Tyreek Hill ended up making a great decision by joining Miami. What's your take on on, on my the Miami Dolphins this year right now, sitting the top of the AFC East? I'm feeling real good. Uh, it's I expected Miami to be to start off three and one. Um, it's a different three and one than I expected. I actually expect we I expected us to probably drop the first game to the Bills. Mm. Um and I expected us to beat the Bengals, which it is what it is. McDaniel's a guy that it's very easy to look at him and look past him. Uh he's not your conventional coach. But if you go back and you deep dive um and look at all the signs with when he was in San Francisco and then throughout his career. It's when they had McVeigh and Hackett and all those guys out there in San Francisco, they would basically tell, tell Mike, all right, go figure out what we're doing on offense this week. Um, and then come back. He would come back on Wednesdays, teach them the offense for the week, teach them the new signals, the motions, all of that. And they would spend the rest of Wednesday and Thursday installing the offense. Um, there are very few people I've seen where all of these guys that are head coaches now, including Shanahan, would be in a room, and the second he started talking, they would quiet down, and you'd see them listening with rapt attention. Um, it's when Juszczyk and Kittle were in the Pro Bowl, they called him on FaceTime from the bench to brag about, did you see my block? Did you see my <laughs> score? Just, you know, like all these things, like, and there, there's something different about the way he sees football. Um, they talked to a couple of folks. I can't, the names are escaping me right now about the way that he pulled receivers aside to work on releases off the line of scrimmage and, you know, the ways to do it that are different than what people expect in that would keep them open all game. The the little like nano details, like the fact that um, on a lot of counters and dives, they perform a pitch instead of a handoff. And the, the hilarious, like, I don't know if you've seen this interview with him, with, with the media, it's, they looked at him and they said, well, normally when you pitch the ball, it's, it's trying to get to the edge. Why, why would you do that? And he, and he looked at him and he said, you answered your own question there. Like, these linebackers, these defensive players, they're all set up and trained for years to read their keys and the little things and every little bit <clears throat> of motion, et cetera, that he does on a, on a weekly basis sets up the following week where he's doing the exact opposite with those things. And you see him with the way he schemes things, put people so far out of position to be able to even make the play that now not only are you trying to block um, – instead of trying to block 11 with 10, you're now trying to block 
and, and we're just talking about on a running play, you're trying to block seven with 10 because these three or four guys are out of position now. Um, and then you pitch the ball back on that play on, on a counter going to the left. You pitch it off behind you to the right. That entire linebacking unit, you can see it. There's so many breakdowns out there of this. You would see the entire linebacking unit shift this way. So now when you run that counter, you're going Obviously. back against the grain, mm-hmm. and there's a lane before you even block anybody. And it's really cool seeing the way he loves football and, and the way he sees football and sees the game. And you can see it with the way that he cares about these players. Um, you can see it with the fact that his big thing was about being a teacher. And in that regard, people forget that that's your biggest role as a coach is, is teaching and that you should always, 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 no matter what you do in life, be learning. Oh, anyway, that. that was my long, yeah. no, long short. No, that's answer. great. No, that, that, that's fine because not many people know this, but McDaniel is from the same tree as LaFleur, right? So we, we, we have his, we have basically Mike McDaniel as our coordinator. And that's why it's impressive that he's able to actually be a head coach on both sides of the ball, right? Like off air, we were kind of talking about Adam Gase and we talked about Rex Ryan, uh, both coaches in this division, uh, at some point and they're only, very focused on one side of the ball, right? We had Todd Bowles, same way. Like, I feel like this division always ends up like that. So it's just really interesting that this guy was able to move on and be a full head coach. And like you said, be an actual leader. It's, it's taken us all by surprise, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the, the second thing that's taken us all by surprise is Tua. Like Tua going into this season, we were, we were laughing. Like we were ready to go. Like, okay, great. You have Waddle. You have Hill, like no problem. You don't have anywhere to throw it to him. So yeah. unless it's a screen, it's not a big deal. Like we we all laughed about the underthrows. He had a couple underthrows, but Tyreek Hill is able to adjust and take care of it. So before we get into all the controversy and stuff, right? You talked about the leadership, right? We we know that there's a lot of weird stuff coming out of the leadership with the Dolphins in general. But before we get into that, what do you what did you think about Tua just in the in the three weeks? Uh, I know he's obviously he looks like the MVP, right? <laughs> if you take those three four weeks, but what do you you know you're you're, you're level headed, you're 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 a coach yourself, but you're also been a Dolphins fan this whole time. So what what are your thoughts about Tua? So I think Tua was very unfairly judged, and some of that was a byproduct of the coaching staff over the past three years. Some of that was a byproduct of the injury coming out of college, which you know. Anybody that knows anything about quarterback mechanics knows that you need to be able to get drive with your legs. And, you know, where he was at his rookie year, as far as that goes, wasn't a good place. Um, And then we went through, what, four offensive coordinators in three years. And Mm -hmm. when we had co-offensive coordinators, supposedly they weren't even calling the plays with our defensive-minded head coach. We had such bad game planning on offense and scheme on offense that I remember last year when they did finish the year strong and they dropped the game in Tennessee, we knew all week long that weather was going to be a factor that day. We knew it was supposed to be rainy and slushy and icy and snowy and you call, you name it. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew it. There was no secret. And you watch that game. They were getting it done in the running game. And I think they only ran the ball like 12 times in that game and they were averaging 5.6 yards per carry, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. And 
they stuck to the passing game and, and shotgun snaps and all the things you don't want to do in that type of weather. And I remember watching it. I remember doing our post game that night and talking about the fact that it's like they didn't plan for the weather at all. And not two days later, Mike Gesicki was doing an interview and somebody asked him very specifically, Mike, it looked like you guys didn't plan for, for the weather being a factor. Uh, did you guys have different game plans based upon the weather or what you were going to do if it was icy and freezing and slippery and you name it? And you see Gasicki think for a moment and then he leans forward and just goes, no. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like, like Gasicki too, who like, he has his own issues with the game plan, right? Like going yeah. into this year, it was, oh, this guy can't block. He has no, he's not going to be part of this offense at all. Meanwhile, he's, he's killing it on this offense. Well, he's, 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 he's up and down. Like if you, if you, it's, he hasn't settled into a role yet. Um, he's not a big blocker, but at the end of the day, he will get in somebody's way. Um, and the things that he does well are special. Like, you go back to that Ravens game, and there was literally a lob that Tua threw at the crossbar. And you just see this six-six monster with, with the wingspan of a condor leap up and snatch it out of the air and come down with his feet in the end zone. I can't think of another player off the top of my head in the NFL that makes that catch. Like receiver, uh, tight end, uh, you name it. Like. You know, may, maybe if we could convince Sean Kemp in his prime to come out of retirement, he'd jump up and snatch that ball out of the air or Manute Bowl or Dikembe Matumbo. But beyond that, like, there are not the Dikembe Matumbo's running like 50 yards for, for a catch, my man. <laughs> right. Well, no, this, this was a nice, easy one from like the 12. Like, okay. It was, it was just a, a lollipop jump ball. <laughs> That's actually hilarious. Uh, yeah. Listen, Tua has been impressive so far. The, the the Dolphins have been impressive so far. There's no doubt, but you're not surprised that they're three and one. No, I pr- I predicted it. You, what what did you see that made th- that you could be confident that they're going to go three and one? I mean, you guys went from Brian Flores, who did a pretty solid job, in my I opinion. For, about that, Alex. Yeah, like he went from he went from <laughs> Brian Flores to now McDaniel's. Like, can I ask you actually about that? What was your whole thought process from going from Flores, who seemed to be doing well with the Dolphins. I was Dolphins. ready to move on. <laughs> you, re- you, you ready to move that? on from Flores? Are you done with the Flores controversy? Or well, does that affect it? Or actual gameplay from last year? So here's the thing. So Miami, it was, it, it had to do with gameplay from last year. Okay. Um, when Miami started winning games down the stretch, I was, I never want to lose. I, I'm not one of those tank for anybody guys. Uh, but there were so many things that I pointed at during the season last year, both while losing and while winning that basically we're all just what the hell moments. And like Miami's defense towards the end of the year before had struck gold with the way that they were utilizing the cover zero, um, the way that they were utilizing the blitzes. And that's no secret there. Cause it's Josh Boyer, like Mike McDaniel sees football differently which I think is really cool. He spent one year, uh, I believe it was as a defensive coordinator at the 
South Dakota School of Mines and Technology hmm. before getting signed to the Patriots staff years ago. Um, and there aren't a lot of people that jump from the South Dakota School of Mines and Technology football program <laughs> to the NFL, especially after one year. Um, and the big thing there was this was like an MIT type school where it's a bunch of engineers and, and you know, technology focused people. And so you don't get a lot of big burly football players at the South Dakota, South Dakota School of Mines and Technology. I look, I just love saying it. I'm sorry. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just as fun as saying Carson Wentz went to North Dakota or whatever. It's like, all right. Like, right. Like, yeah. But I mean, literally, like, not even just South Dakota, but the South Dakota School of Mines and Technology. Like, <laughs> their, their, their fan store is amazing. I've actually looked through it. I'm thinking about getting myself something. <laughs> you um, should. You should start pulling up in that know, gear. It, it's so much fun looking through it. Like, <laughs> You can get your own geology set that's branded from the school if that tells you anything. That's dope. I like it. I like it. Yeah, like it's <laughs> but so because of that, he had redesigned the way he schemed defenses as far as being able to create pressure um and and, and do some special things, um, utilizing all the personnel on the field, sometimes in different ways. And so they had hit on that and they had they had set their personnel up and then they spent an off season setting their personnel up even further with that to be able to really just lean into that defense. So they were looking for a different style of guy in some cases than the, well, this guy is six foot five and four and 275 pound linebacker. Like, okay, cool. It doesn't fit up what we want to do. Uh, so all of you all can chase and fight over that guy while we build something different. And, they set up the defense even better, loaded up that defense to be able to do that. And then they came out and they ran this like vanilla three, four, four, three hybrid BS garbage stuff mm. right up until the Ravens game last year. And then they went, huh? We got the personnel to run this other scheme. And we've really outthought everybody and didn't. And maybe we should try it. And the results against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens on Thursday night football were astounding. Like they literally just ruined Lamar Jackson's season last year and the Ravens were hot. And then Miami started winning games down the stretch. And that's despite not having an offensive game plan. Like, and, and I hate to put it that way, but. So you think that's why it was easy for you to kind of move off Flores? Cause you, you started off winning games and week one, was great, and so that that was why you think it, it was it was easy, easy to move up. It was a big part on, of it. Say. I mean, it's 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 the contacts that I, I've got in Miami, etc. Yeah. There was a lot of things below the surface about Flores being very hard to work with, um, mm. and come from the yeah. owner, I'm sure. <laughs> not, not just from the owner, <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> but I mean, I'm talking in terms of like you know chasing a coordinator out of the building, like before they even having a single practice. Um, <laughs> You know, a well-respected one. The fact that we we literally streamed offensive coordinators the way some fantasy football guys stream kickers. Like, it just, you start looking down the list and, you know, totally mismanaging the defense. And literally, it's like, oh, if you thought about that one game sooner, we'd be in the playoffs. Like, how do you not, like, they, 
they signed I, I'm, the name's escaping me this punter who was the holder on long snap on uh, field goals. Jason Sanders went from one of the most automatic kickers in the NFL <laughs> to horrific. Welcome to our life. <laughs> and, and literally, fans are breaking it down, and it was something where he was pull, the the holders pulling his hands out too soon, mm-hmm. and we saw it for weeks. <laughs> And a head coach in the NFL who your only job is to fix the issues on your team and put these people in position to succeed. And all of a sudden, like, he gets asked about it, and then they start trying to fix it. Like, So he doesn't have, like, the wherewithal to, like, really be uh, a step ahead of the game, like, oh, this thing should be fixed. He's just waiting for someone to really critique it and then kind of address it afterwards. Well, and don't critique it directly to him. Yeah. Like, okay. I, I've seen him undress reporters for like asking a simple question and not in the Belichickian, like, uh, I didn't read the MRI. I can't read an MRI. Like, <laughs> you know, but in the, oh, you think that's funny? You, you have an idea? You head coach? <laughs> like, bro, chill. Like, you know, it, it's, it is it, nice. It is nice to have personality. I mean, we're going through that with Salah. It, it rubs people the wrong way when you're losing, and it rubs people the exact right way when you're winning. Like, that's why everyone loves McDaniels right now. Everything's fantastic. Life is great. You could say he could show up with Jordans. He can make jokes. He could play Allen Iverson crossover uh, tape, you know, for the team, and it all sounds fantastic. But if you guys were losing right now, and then you just went through the tool controversy, which I need, we need your take on that. We, we've been, oh, yeah. we've been, it's the national news. Everybody has a take on it. But from, from a Dolphins perspective, this is your quarterback. I cannot imagine what we'd be doing if this was Zach Wilson. You know what I mean? Like, if, if we're, like, if we're, uh, dangling Zach Wilson around for a regular season win, <laughs> we, we'd be having a lot of issues, right? So, I mean, we were, we were, we were also saying, like, hey, don't rush Zach back off of just a knee injury, right? I mean, yeah. From well, an outsider's he, perspective, we see Tua go back in there where it was clearly a concussion. Like, I've had concussions play rugby. I'm like, that's a concussion. There's no way you're, like, dropping like that. And then he plays Thursday night on a short week. What, and he won, though. He won off a concussion. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. Won. Yeah. So, Paul, what's, what's your opinion on, on, like, the whole Tua controversy? So, there's a lot to unpack with this. Um, the, the first thing I'll unpack is the national media has made this so horrific. Um, it's, and a lot of the folks I hear in the national media either have come out with hypocrisy. Um, you know, it's, uh, Jeff Saturday is an example. He came out with this, oh, this horrible. You're never blah, 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 blah. And then literally two segments later does, you know, pancake blocks of the week and, and talks about a guy suplex and a dude. He's like, drop him on his head. Yeah. Like, oh. Oh, okay. Like you're saying what you think you're supposed to hear, but now you're saying over here, drop this dude on his head and suplex him. Come on, Jeff. Um, on top of that, you've got a lot of misinformation um, that people put out there that I know are in position that they understand. Like the doctor that cleared Tua in the Bills game is not an employee of the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. He is a Every team has an independent doctor. neurologist. Every single team has one. Yeah, he's an independent neurologist that is assigned by the NFL Players Association mm-hmm. that cleared him. 
there are, um, a, and I apologize if I don't use the right medical terminology here, but there are baseline brain scans that these players go through that part of clearing from the concussion is normalizing those, those, those scans. And every box along the way, it's not just, you know, knowing the answers when somebody asks you the concussion questions. Like, no, I don't see stars. Yes, I remember everything. No, my head doesn't hurt. You know, yeah. it's that's it's been not- a popular, that's been a very, very popular take that players kind of know how to answer the question. They know what the score is, they know what quarter it is, they know what day it is, so they can mm-hmm. get through those uh those questions that you're mentioning. But they can't get through the full blown checks. Um and I'm willing to give a little bit of room here as far as the wobble he had when he got up uh, or was walking to the sidelines after the hit. That was so, it just looks so bad on TV, man. It, it looks bad, but it looks bad in context. If you've already got an idea in your head about a situation and you look at something, you go, yeah, see? Yeah? Yeah, see? Like, where, Are you buying the back and neck injury there? Uh, back and ankle. You buying that? To an extent. Um, now, do I think he had a concussion the first week? I, again, I, for one, Let's I guess. didn't check him out. Let's guess. Uh, probably. Let's just say probably. It's a maybe. Yeah, um, yeah. This is like leading no, towards it, yes, but I mean, though, right? Like, it, that's the thing. Like, I also want to win the football game as much as anybody else, right? If I'm a Dolphin oh, fan, yeah. I need to win this game, dude. I need, we can't have a backup in. We need Tua. He's killing it. I understand it. But at the same time, Obviously, you don't stumble with an ankle like that. You know what I mean. You don't stumble. No, with two but feet. what I will what I will say is with with a back with a back injury, like you'll stumble with an ankle, but not like that. But with yeah. a back injury, because of all the nerves in your spine uh, are that go through it. there. Yeah, I've seen it. I've I've dealt with it. I've you know I've seen that very same stumble from a back injury. You know something tightens up and you drop funny because you're fucking back. Or sorry. It's all good. It's all good. You're good. You're good. You're good. It's but you drop a little bit funny because your back seizes up and we're like there's so many weird like nerve endings and things like that in your back um, that can cause your body to convulse in different ways. That Mm. I'm willing to give him that. I mean, don't get me wrong. It looks horrific when the following week, you know, or four days later, he gets slammed the way he did into the artificial turf, no less. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the much less forgiving field. And, you know, you see the fingers seize up. That was so bad. In all of that. But it's, you know, like, and and given the fact of how thoroughly he was examined before even coming back in the game, what I know of McDaniel, both from just watching everything and from people down in Miami, um, he would have never put Tua back in that game if that was the case. Um, oh, sure. I, I don't think that the Dolphins independently went over uh, the the consultant. The consultant was obviously fired. They <laughs> they blamed him. I also uh, personally, uh, I have more of an issue with him coming in during the game. I don't really have an issue with him playing the next game. I know it was a short week, yeah. uh, but he, I'm sure he practiced fine and he was good to go. And uh, at some point, it's up to the player to. You know, the brain injuries, they know how serious it is, and they know it's not all detectable. 
Unless you oh, say something, you know, like, you like, say something. The, the, like, at I'll, some I'll, point, it has to be on the on the player. I'll push back on that just because, as a player who's had a concussion, uh, playing rugby, you want to play, man. Like, there's yeah. there's no there's no doubt about it. Like, I played, so I played rugby at Albany. Went down to Iona. I got clocked shoulder to the head. I was I forget for like a minute. I was just on the ground. Iona coaches come out. They asked me all the questions, you know, that, that, that Paul was saying, like, what are you doing? What position do you play? I was like, outside center, you know, playing rugby. They're like, where are you? I'm like, I'm here. They're like, where's here, buddy? I'm like, I'm at Iona. They're like, all right, you're good. Go play, go play. But I, I should not have played, like, but I wanted to go play. You know what I mean? So to a certain extent, a player is going to want to be out there. They want to compete. There's just that natural instinct. And that's where you hope a doctor, you know, whoever comes in and just, kind of reels you and saying, nah, man, for your, for your safety, don't do that. And the yeah. thing about that game for me, I went and played after that game. We had another game back to back and I played another game. <laughs> and so, you know, no, learning more and just being a college kid, then you're like, oh, I should not have done that at all. You know, yeah, so no, and it's it's and as a youth coach, um, just as an example, they have you go through this entire USA football certification and concussion awareness stuff is a huge portion of that and you know one of the things we've done and obviously it's on a different scale with the kids is if we have a suspicion i've taken a kid's helmet away given it to an assistant coach just so they couldn't even slip in the game Mm -hmm. and literally had to tell a kid before like your next 10 minutes are not worth your next 10 years Mm. like it's i lost it on another coach at a game for a player safety reason for knowing that a guy on their team had a concussion during the game and them trying to put him back in the game. Like it's, it isn't worth it, but we also have to take with a grain of salt what we're hearing from the media. Cause believe it or not, this may surprise everybody included, you know, but the national media does tend to be about clicks and you know, I mean, you're speaking to the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast, man. The Jets have been the last pick of the draft uh, for, for for three and a half years going, according to ESPN. Uh, the Knicks, Knicks for clicks is a is a is a is a national saying. Especially yeah, every single player so you know in the NBA. If, if anybody does well in the NBA, we get a graphic about or an article the next day about how the Knicks were supposed to get him or his dad is a Knicks fan. I mean, <laughs> like we, to, every single time. To be fair, your Jets reporters don't even always bother to go to the, the things themselves. They just send some kid and write the story and oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've had and that's turnover. why he's not there anymore. <laughs> oh, Manish. We've had turnover at the Daily News. We have a turnover at the Athletic. Uh, it, it, it's tough out there, man. But let's get into this game, dude. Because oh yeah, there's one of those too. There's one of those. I mean, there's, there's a lot of history here. We're, we're we're really happy to have you on. Uh, we 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 need we need the Dolphins background because we're we're the, we're Jets fans, man. We're, we're biased. We we hate we hate the Dolphins. We hate Miami. We hate the Dolphins, and we hate Tua. But to a certain extent, right? Like we love him as a human being. And so this was a big deal for us, right? We hate, we hate the dolphins, but this was a, this was a crazy topic. So that's why I wanted to get into that. We hate McDaniels, but he's from our same coaching tree. So we got, you know what I'm saying? We got, we got, he came out with a cute Robert Saleh story this week. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, so, so, uh, he, uh, he's a little bit up and down. He's just got to get the wins. He's got the rah, rah good, but he's got to get the wins. And 
Man, we got I a big one at MetLife. You guys will get there, like, as far as that goes. You're not far off. It's going to be this week. I need to be above 500 this week. <laughs> Say yes, Paul. Say yes. <laughs> we we got, have you on the record. Okay. All right. Nope. We're, we're, we're talking about injuries here. We're talking about injuries. Yep. Uh, I was joking around. I was going through the, the Dolphins injury report. I'm scrolling down. It's like six-page report. Like I, I can't read that many words. Like, <laughs> it's it's yo, crazy. You got, I mean, obviously, Tua, you got Jalen Waddle, who's questionable. You got... Armstead, who's questionable. You got Xavier Howard. You got, uh, you know, Byron Jones is out. Like, yeah. what, what, what are the Dolphins looking like, man? What, what, what's, what's, so you how are you all feeling this week? You got to read between the lines there because they have to report on anybody that misses a practice. Right, right, yeah. right. Um, Teron Armstead, I don't think he's actually practiced since the regular season began. He literally, he has injury. a toe though now. Yeah. But it's, you know, so he has to show up on the injury report. He played every snap last week, I believe. Yeah. Um, he's going to play. Xavier Howard is going to play. Now, will he see every single snap in the game? Probably not. But again, it, it's it's going to be a situation where he's going to play, going to play pet plenty. And even I'd take 80% of Xavier Howard over 100% of most cornerbacks in the NFL. Did X not finish all. the game last week? Uh, he came off towards the end, and they put Keon Cross in, who also is on the injury. Yeah, he's also on the list. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Which is funny. Like, like I am the most excited guy that Byron Jones is not coming off IR. I will gladly say that. I don't care. I'm. I was very scared of that happening because I was like, oh, all right, like you know, Byron Jones is gonna come he, back. He hasn't even started his 21 day window to return yet. I, I thought it was coming. I thought because we have we have our left tackle Dwayne Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, on the same trajectory. So I was like, yeah, we're going to get Dwayne Brown, but then we're going to get Byron Jones. So I'd rather just both of them sit out. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, um, but at the same time, don't overlook undrafted rookie Cater Kohu. Talk Do to not us. overlook Cater Kohu. Um, he came from, uh, Texas A&M. Oh God, what's the extras on this one? Um, <laughs> It's like, name. <laughs> it's like Texas A&M School of Finance or something like Texas Texas A&M uh, Commerce. Yes, yes, Commerce. <laughs> you love the full names. Uh, I, I dig it. Like, like it, it. But it's funny because when they signed him as an undrafted, like he was a guy I was looking at in the final rounds, going like, "Get this dude, get this mm-hmm. dude." And, and um, they signed him as an undrafted free agent. Gave him, I think, the second biggest bonus of anybody that they signed as, as undrafted free agents this year. And I drove my co-host cat nuts because I couldn't stop singing this guy's praises, both his coverage ability, his tackling ability, you name it. And he's lived up to his billing so far. Um, he, he's gone against some very, very, very good receivers these first four weeks and just gotten the job done. Um, and if Xavier Howard can go, that puts Cater Kohu over on the opposite side and Nick Needham in the slot, which Nick Needham is not a good boundary corner, but he's a fantastic slot corner. Mm. And Miami's secondary with Brandon Jones and Eric Rose supporting Javon Holland, who Javon Holland is looking like an all-pro steal from last year's draft. At this what point. is with you guys in safeties, man? My whole life, the oh, you start, the don't, best don't, damn don't, don't have a Jets fan ask me about safeties after taking one in the first round like eight years running. <laughs> hey, we took one in the first two rounds, good sir. We took, <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. We, we took, took first round and second round. The, like, so we're, we're up there, but we still don't have one. You know what I'm saying? You guys always have a damn safety. It drives me nuts. Well, Javon Holland is looking like the best one we've had in over a decade. Better than Jones? Yeah, Dude, he, I, 
I, I love the- I love Rashad Jones. He got a raw deal and was underappreciated. Yeah. But Javon Holland is on track to be literally a perennial all pro. Interesting. Um, Nobody yeah. cares, but like my first fantasy leagues ever that I had, you were able to pick that one defensive player. Yes, it would always IDP. be Rashad Jones. It would always. Oh, dude. And he killed it. He killed it. Yeah. Like, but no, like this defense is, is, is thriving overall. Um, and, and a lot of that has to do with not just the scheme, but just the play of a lot of guys that people haven't quite heard of yet. Um, guys like Zach Sealer, who mm-hmm. is utterly phenomenal as that hand in the dirt defensive, uh, end. defensive end or occasionally sliding into nose in place of Raekwon Davis on certain downs. That's like, what we're worried about. See that. So, so uh, one of our favorite things uh, about the, the preview episode with the upcoming guest is we know our weaknesses, right? Yeah. We know our center stinks. We, we are hundred percent sure <laughs> our <laughs> McGovern is horrible. So the interior defensive line, that's exactly what we're worried about. We cannot guard a tight end. And our offensive line is just injured, so we're just worried about the front. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're worried about tight ends. We know Gizeki's going to tear us up because we can't guard him. We talked about our safeties. They stink, but they had a great week last week. Our linebackers, horrible in coverage. I mean, we just thank the Lord that they could tackle. They tackle an open field. We, 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 we sing our graces. What what's the strength of this defense? You talked about the safety. You talked about the defensive end. What what are we really worried about here? Like wh- where can we sh- strive? Can you guys stop the run? Yeah. Okay. I mean it's it's it's. A I don't know what the stats say, but I want to know like from from the Dolphins fan. Yeah. No. It it's a defense that's predicated on speed and unpredictability. Mm-hmm. Um. Like and, and, and a lot of. And I, I hate to keep bashing the, the major media, but a lot of major media, because the Dolphins will have uh, on any given down up to eight or nine guys up on the line of scrimmage. Um, and the the net mainstream media sits there and throws out the, oh, they're bringing the house again. Like, bro, they're only rushing four or five guys. Tops. It just looks like they're bringing the house. So you don't know who's coming and who's dropping. Um, they're very good at, at swatting passes at the line of scrimmage. Um, Christian Wilkins, who I was about ready to move on from last year at the mm-hmm. beginning of the year, mm-hmm. uh, really turned it around last season and this season, especially with a running mate in Zach Sealer. Now you brought up McGovern. One thing he doesn't have to worry about is, is Raquan Davis is very, very good at the point of attack as a nose tackle, but he's not your pass rush penetration type of guy. Thank um, God. Had, <laughs> Thank but I will say – a Landon Roberts or Jerome Baker on a blitz, he's going to struggle with. Um, <clears throat> it's if you want to see one of the coolest sack plays in 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 the past couple of years, look up Jerome Baker's twenty five yard loss sack against Pat Mahomes last year. Mm. I think it was twenty five yards. It might have been thirty. Like it was Pat Mahomes did his normal, you know, spin off of somebody, and Jerome Baker is just so damn fast when he does blitz, mm. which he hasn't done a lot of yet this year, that Pat Mahomes did a spin around, expected to be able to make a pass off of it, and there was Jerome Baker to light him up at the three-yard line. And, that's, and put, that's scary. Put I don't like that, man. Our, our quarterback has a knee injury, dude. I don't like the sound, I don't like and, the sound of that. <laughs> well, Landon Roberts, is, is pr- like he has a lot of flaws to his game, but is probably one of the best linebackers that you want to have uh, when you're facing a team that's in third or fourth and one. 
or you know, you know, goal to go from the one yard line. Olandon Roberts always shows up in those moments. Like if you watch last week's game, I believe it was in the third quarter. Olandon Roberts ran up to the line of scrimmage, moved the defensive tackles around, and just ran over. And when I say ran over, I mean ran <laughs> over uh, the the right guard Kappa um, mm. for 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 the Bengals, mm-hmm. like. Literally, this linebacker flew in like a rocket, ran him over, blew up the hole, and stopped them short of the goal line to where, you know, the rest of the defense could come in and clean up. It, it's their opportunistic defense. They they bend but don't break right now. Uh, but, again, they always seem to get the key plays and key moments. And you've got guys like J- Javon Holland, who I mentioned, and Brandon Jones, who blitz more than any other safety tandem in the NFL. Ooh, and it's not just running up the middle. Stat. It's they 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 end up with a lot of quarterback hits, pressures, and sacks mm. like that you don't expect from the safety position. Um, well, thank the Lord Flacco isn't there. That's that unpredictability you're talking about. So, and that's exactly. that's gonna be that's you know for for an offense that's just trying to click for the Jets, you know, with Zach Wilson coming back for his second game, trying to get in rhythm with Corey Davis. Uh, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, even trying to get Brees Hall and, and Michael Carter. That sounds like hell for the Jets offensive side of the ball, especially since our offensive line, you know, has been through so much tor- turmoil with injuries. Yeah. Flip it, but flip it to the other side. You know, what do you make of this offense? Is the offense as opportunistic? Cause they're pretty explosive, especially with Tyreek Hill. Do you think it's, cause the way you've talked about the defense, it sounds like, structured chaos, you know, for the yeah. defense where, where no one understands what's coming. Is the offense structured chaos or is it just like, guys, we're just doing something and it's just working. <laughs> yeah. No, like, is it going to be more vanilla with Teddy? Um, I would say yes, but even just watching some of the play calls once he came in, no. Um, That's what we're hoping for. It, <laughs> well, it, here's the thing though. It, it's, you know, one of the things I love that you said structured chaos. Um, it's the Dolphins have really coined over the past few years on defense, the term positionless football. Mm. And they're starting to get to that with the offense in a lot of ways. I mean, yeah, they're still lining up a left tackle, right tackle. You got your legal formations you have to do, et cetera. But beyond that, the shifts and motions and the fact that, you know, they're trying to, you know, play magic tricks with, with the defense and make them sit back and think because every thought that a defender has to have in any given moment slows them down just by this much, then this much, then this much, mm-hmm. then this much. And it puts you in better position to succeed. And, you know, <laughs> the number of times, like, let's see, um, Jalen Waddle is third on the team uh, in, in rushing yards right now. And right, that's, that. he's carried the ball. Cedric Wilson's carried the ball, also a receiver. Tyreek Hill's carried the ball. Like Cedric Wilson I, I might expect- be the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL. That's Who, that's my opinion. That? Wilson? Cedric Wilson. I think yeah. he's the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL. Absolutely. And I was jealous of Elijah Moore when you got him, uh, to yeah. be honest with you. It, it's he was a big one. Yeah, he was I a high him. draft pick. You know, yeah. I mean he's supposed to be good. True. Yeah. Cedric True. Wilson has no business being a, a, a real NFL receiver and He's been under the radar for so long. He, I mean, uh, just as a division opponent, I am very aware of Cedric Wilson. Man. He's, <laughs> he's, he's so good. So 
The funny thing when you say that about Cedric Wilson being so good, and I'm pulling this up right now because it's not a stat that I had in front of me ready to go. Mm -hmm. Um, But I believe for his career, Cedric Wilson has a career passer rating. <laughs> oh man! Well, listen, listen. If I bring that up, I'm going to put Braxton Berrios' his passer rating against anyone's. All right. <laughs> well, but here's the thing: I believe he's thrown five passes in his career, all five completed. All of them have gone for I think 30 plus yards. I think he's got wow. two scores. Um, and it, there, if you go back and watch each of them, they're not ugly balls that he's throwing let's see um five for five 100 percent completion 111 yards 22.2 <laughs> yard average long of 35 one touchdown four first downs so it's been either a touchdown or a first down every time he's throrong the ball so he's gonna throw against us for at least a, a trick play is what you're saying he's he going be to throw against somebody sometime soon all, all right, right. He hasn't Listen, been Berrios, Berrios is one for one with a touchdown. So, oh, I was jealous of Berrios. I wanted him as a free agent this offseason. So, <laughs> if he goes, if he went from the Patriots to the Jets to the Dolphins, I would hate that guy. So, thank God that we, that we he's very hateable when he's not on your team. I can tell you that. <laughs> All right. Well, now that you now that you mentioned it, though, well, are you worried about anything on on this defense? You, you kind of mentioned some guys on offense, but for us, I mean, Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed have been. The literal bright spots of this team. Nobody's talking about them, but they are unbelievable. They are holding this team down week to week, wins and losses. Honestly, it starts with and ends with them. Are you worried about anything uh, on our defense, specifically the cornerbacks? Are you worried about anything about uh, our offense? Like, what concerns the Dolphins about this Jets team? I mean, Quinn and Williams is coming off a phenomenal mm-hmm. week. Um, yeah. he, he is. I mean, but the, the underrated thing for the Dolphins right now, and, and we joked a little bit off the air about um, the offensive line, they're not allowing a lot of pressures and, and sacks so far this season. They're really doing a surprisingly good job of gelling together. Um, so it's I'm curious to see how that goes. John Franklin Myers always plays up against us. Let's face it. He, he always has his best two games of the year. <laughs> one when Miami comes up here, one when they, you guys go down there. Um, He's due. That'd be fantastic for us, man. He's due. Hey, man, got to earn that contract, too. <laughs> He's been getting screamed at. He's been getting crushed by the Jets fans ever since he signed that contract. I mean, it, it's, it's really your corners that, mm. you know, DJ Reed and, 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 and Sauce that – yeah. I mean that's our bright spots for sure. Yeah, for sure. And that and for us, that's been like we were like, oh, the front sevens could be fine. They've been fine for the most part over the last couple couple of years. More so like the the D line than is the linebacker core. But we're like going the season. Yeah, you know we gotta be a little cautious about the secondary. You know, cautious about the quarterbacks. We're not sure if Sauce is gonna come here and be like that. And then it's like, oh, DJ Reed and Sauce are like that. So you're right. Like that's our bright spots. That's why we're thinking. Against Teddy, maybe we're going to get – maybe Sauce Gardner will get his first interception. But He very well might. Um, yeah. it, it's – the one thing that's very interesting with what the Dolphins have done uh, thus far this season is they've managed to put defenses out of position. So it, it's – you and I both know Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, you need safety help over the top. And they've managed to, if if you go back and look at the Ravens game, they put a trips formation in that 
basically put Tyreek Hill on an island on the complete opposite side of the field. And I looked at that and went, dude, no way, really? <laughs> okay, here we go. Yeah. And you literally see, oh, God, who was it? Uh, Marlon Humphrey, I think it was. Mm-hmm. On Which Marlon's a really good corner. Yeah. Literally stand there. He took two steps back and just went, nah. <laughs> and just watched Tyreek zip by him. Like, it's, the zone? What's that? Were they playing zone or were they playing man? Like he literally just blew the coverage. Well, if if they were playing zone, no one else got the play call. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the Dolphins play versus. I mean, uh, that's right. The, the Browns play versus the Jets with Corey Davis because like one guy was playing zone and one guy was playing man, and they did not talk to each other. Corey Davis had a sixty yard easy touchdown. Well, it, it it was just comical too because like he took two steps and just went, like you just see him like I I'm not going to catch him. <laughs> he was just, yeah, yeah. Ty- Tyreek saw it was like whoa, and, and and literally just kicked it into overdrive, and just sprinted straight. And they were already giving him like a ten yard cushion, so he couldn't hit him once he got to him. And literally just watched him run by like Wiley Coyote with the Roadrunner, like, <laughs> oh, that sucks. <laughs> like you know, and, and it's about keeping the ball in front of us. That's been the name of the game for our safeties, man. They've been so bad, but last week. Four interceptions. Can't beat that. This is what we're hoping for, man. We're hoping that Mitch, Trubisky, and Pickett equals Bridgewater. Like we were sitting on the Tua, but we don't have to we don't have to have that discussion. Thank God, right? We were on the he's just as bad as them, but he's proven us wrong. He's he's out this week. We're lucky. We have Teddy Bridgewater. Can Teddy Bridgewater throw over 20 yards? Is he gonna throw it over the top, Tyreek Hill? I know he did last week, but uh, for me. There's something about uh, Tyreek went like this and caught it. Quarterbacks yeah. coming back in, though. Quarterbacks coming in in the middle of a game where teams aren't prepared is just different for me. Like, if teams are prepared for Teddy, it's going to be a different situation. It, it's similar to going from being a reliever to a starter in baseball um, as far as the mindset goes. But at the same time, it's – if you can throw over 20 yards, you can throw over 20 yards. Uh, let's okay. face it. <laughs> That's true. And it, it's one of those things where what I would look out for if I were a Jets fan is those plays with misdirection where you see Sauce Gardner lined up covering Cedric Wilson. Or you see yeah, DJ Reed lined up covering Cedric Wilson. Or yeah. So Mike confusing us. Confusing us. Because they're basically, if they're covering Cedric Wilson, Mike Gesicki, or Durham Smythe, or Alec Ingold, or Raheem Mostert out in the slot, or... He's been really good. I am slightly afraid of Mostert. I'm putting that on the record right now. I know Chase Edmonds, whatever. I am slightly afraid of Mostert. I watched last week. I am scared. I'm, I'm so Mostert as a runner, Edmonds as a receiving back. Yeah. Yep. Um, But... The reason why I say when you see Sauce or DJ covering one of those guys is that means somebody else is on either Hill or Waddle. And that is not a scenario that plays out well. And, and this is just yeah, no, great it's not football going to. analysis when yeah. I say this. Yeah. Like, I saw the look on your face when I said, oh, no. Like, yeah. you know exactly where I'm going with that. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, 
So we know what our safeties look like more than anybody in, in the world, man. We know. We know what our safeties look like. So if you're telling me that DJ Reed and Gardner are somehow going to be off Hill and Waddle on a play, it's over. Call timeout. Like, call timeout. Well, it's, <laughs> like, it, and Miami will line them up in the back. Miami will trot Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert out on the field and have two guys in the backfield with Teddy Two Gloves. And the two guys in the backfield will be Waddle and Hill. Yeah, you know, it's, like, it's terrifying. They, That's they, terrifying. <laughs> it, it's those are the scenarios where like if 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 I were breaking this down for the other team like all right what the hell are we going to do in this moment when that happens are we going to bring sauce inside and you know put put Jordan Whitehead and LaMarcus Joyner out on the split guys and oh we're getting away from our style of defense so people are going to get confused if we do that so we shouldn't do that but we should do that like <laughs> <laughs> do we put CJ Mosley on Tyreek Hill you know, like, oh, good lord. Oh, no. I mean, don't, don't get us started about linebackers guarding out running backs or whoever out of the backfield. We're not going to go in that. Let's not go there because it's, it's just terrible, terrible, terrible. And that's why we have to because of the fact that like it's been a thing already. Yeah. And, and, and somebody that sees football different, like Mike McDaniel is going to see those scenarios and go, dude, what if we, so then uh, circle Gazeki. So, so that, take, so, take him in your daily fantasy. That's a fact. So, Paul, to get you out of here, my man, yes. last question. What do you think this uh, record – what do you – not the record, but what do you think the final score of this game is going to be and who's winning? <laughs> I'm going to go with a 27-17 game. I think the Jets put up a little bit more than people expect in this one, um, you know, and it's – I think Zach Wilson's mom's friend is going to get a chance to cheer from the front row. <laughs> I'm um, down. If, if that's going to get us a touchdown at home, I'll buy her a ticket. <laughs> you know, she's got her little Jets cheerleading outfit on in the front row. Woo, Zach. Whatever Zach needs, man. Whatever Zach needs, I got him. Whatever but, confidence, man. You know, <laughs> end of the day, I think the difference in this is going to be a little bit of Raheem Mostert, mm-hmm. but also Mike McDaniel moving the eye. And Zach Wilson is still a young quarterback that has a lot of potential. But against the defense where you have no idea who's dropping and who's coming, uh, um, it causes moments of confusion. And those moments of confusion for a young quarterback can be can be tough mm-hmm. as far as those go. And, you know, that's where I can see him making a few mistakes. I know your your line is banged up from earlier in the year or preseason or Three years Last ago week. and still on IR. Every week, yeah, every week. Um, we you know, and, and Miami's front seven is is really good. Um, I I do see you guys squirting a few through against against the defense because again, it's it's Xavier Howard's not at a hundred percent. You know, Cater Co who's good, uh, but Keon Crossan's hurting a little bit. So I do see some things happening with that. Mm-hmm. But end of the day, I think Miami does take this one twenty seven seventeen and. As per usual, I got to give the shout out here to the MetLife Takeover crew, which I know Fair. We, we hear them every year. Like you hear them on the on the broadcast every year, which is really cool. Um, They're loud, and they have a whole section. And honestly, uh, a little inside info: we changed it because of teams like the Dolphins. There used to be an away section mm-hmm. uh, in the three hundreds, and we kind of like the Jets. Kind of like uh, I've been making maneuvers to get rid of that because yes. Not only are opposing fans loud, but specifically Dolphins fans, man. The Dolphins fans well, every year they they occupy MetLife. Well, they, I mean, just just that group, um, most years takes over at least 
three almost full sections up top. Yeah. And then I think this year they're taking they're they're literally I want to say four sections. And, and the three hundreds? Cool, yep. Oh, that's fine. And the the, the really cool part about that though <laughs> is they're actually a registered five oh one C nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And the amount of money that this raises for for cancer research and you name it is is just out of this world. So, you know, it, it is a great thing. Even if, as a Jets fan, you really don't want to have drowning out chance of let's go Dolphins from your home stadium. Um, yeah, you win some, you lose yeah. some, right? I definitely don't want you guys there. You guys can donate independently. Good, <laughs> but it wouldn't be nearly as fun. Uh, yeah, you know. that's true. That's but no, true. it's. You guys are really on the right path, and I, I don't want to be derogatory when I say it. It's not meant that way. No, you it's guys are on a path that I hate. We are it. Jets fans, man. You think we haven't heard it all? Come on, <laughs> man. Ten years <laughs> of just struggle. Plus, this this rivalry is at its best when both teams are competitive, mm-hmm. and, and and both teams are on that uptick, and the Patriots are on. Oh, thank God. I was waiting for that one. <laughs> I, 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 I agree with all that. The only issue I have with you, man, is I'm going to be upset if we lose 27 to Teddy Bridgewater. That's a lot. Like that, that's a tough look at the defense. That's a lot. What are you doing, man? You're the defensive guy. Everybody's healthy on the defense. You can't give up 27 to a backup quarterback in the division. You just can't. And that, that's where, that's where you need to look at it more so as losing those, those, those moments to, um, Tyreek Hill and Raheem mm-hmm. Mostert and Chase Edmonds and Jalen Waddle and Cedric Wilson mm-hmm. and Mike Gesicki and Durham mm-hmm. Smythe, who's outplaying Mike Gesicki right now. Yeah. Like, and that's where it's those moments that are going to be a big difference maker. And I hate to say this, um, he's probably not going to play in this game, but if Teddy gets hurt, oh, it's all over. Skylar Thompson. Dude, if Teddy Bridgewater gets hurt, which I I would be actually be very upset about that because I, I I am a big Teddy guy. I like him. I definitely don't want him to go down in MetLife. That would really suck, especially right in front of my face because his career would be over. That would really suck. But if that I'm happens, not saying concussion. I'm just saying like you know. if that happens and we lose to a third string quarterback, I mean, I, I don't even know if I can get off the, the rapid reaction. <laughs> I'm not even <laughs> able to handle it. In, in reality, if Ty, if Skylar Thompson had been in the NFL for a year, he'd be the backup quarterback over Teddy Bridgewater. Mm. Okay. And there are people that, justly or unjustly so, I'll say, were clamoring for him to be the starter this year after watching a training camp, joint practices. Mm. Man, um, Tua looked that bad, huh? Started. What's that? Tua looked that bad, huh? I uh, wasn't about to. <laughs> no, ah. I, had to, I had to get that shot. I had to get that shot. All right. So for the record, I had I had the Jets. Just so you know, uh, yeah. winning twenty to thirteen, twenty sixteen, okay. twenty thirteen, uh, something like that. Uh, yeah. Alex, what'd you have? I had uh, I had twenty eight uh, twenty four Jets. All right. So we all got so close you games had t- for you. You had Teddy B throwing twenty four points up there, not far off. I think he could do twenty four points to have him coming in there doing more than that. My I'm hoping for seven. I'm hoping for seven, <laughs> and then we'll get the well, two field goals. I in. mean, Teddy could do 24, and then it's Jason Sanders kicking a three-point field goal from there. Yeah, he's gonna kick. He's gonna, he's oh, gonna yeah. kick a bunch. Yeah. Listen, we we can't stop field goals. That's impossible. <laughs> but we can hopefully stop touchdowns, man. And hopefully, it's not Raheem Mo- Mozart coming back at the Jets again with another 80-yarder because we don't need to see that nonsense again. 
Or Tyreek Hill, because we're going to get him. That article's going to come out. Oh, it chose Miami because of the taxes. Now I'm coming back to beat you. You know, we skipped on Jalen Waddle in the draft. It's it's all coming. It's all going to come back. Mike McDaniel. I'm glad. I'm true. glad the Cavs and the Knicks are not playing anytime because it'd be back to back. Oh well, they missed out on Tyreek Hill. Oh, and they missed oh. out on Donovan Mitchell. Oh, it'd be, it'd <laughs> it's be all a terrible coming, time. Man. It's it'd all be a coming. terrible time. But yo, Paul, thank you for hopping on this pod with us, man. Absolutely, uh, guys. This pl- was fun. We need to do it again um, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, we played two times. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. We'll get you back. Well, look, Paul of of uh, the Finn side. <laughs> on the Fin side, on the Fin side podcast <laughs> of on, I know that, that's hard. It's a lot of O's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of on the Fin side podcast. Please let our listeners know where else they could find you, uh, and and all that stuff, man. Yeah, where to oh, reach God, you when when they want to see uh, what you think about the Dolphins' loss? Like, where where should they go? Uh, I mean, the first place where we always do live is is right out there on YouTube. Um, it, it's 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 you know we'll probably be live Sunday night. Um, probably late because I'm gonna watch. I'm, I'm gonna have to watch the game recorded this week. But it's. Oh, I, I might be in there then. I might. I might come. Might come join. Please hop See on the chat up. for it. It's it's I a good time. Up. We're right on YouTube. Is on the fin side. We're easy to find. I'll be uh, tired. Come back from MetLife. Uh, I'll be ready. I'll be ready. Um, but yeah, we're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, all all that jazz. Um, on Twitter at on the fin side. Uh, you can find me at fanatic underscore pick, or my my co-host Cat at Brian Cat NFL. Um, we're on Facebook. We're 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 real easy to find. We're we're not hiding from anybody. Yeah. All they're, right. they're on the That's Twitter uh, at uh, p h i n a t i c underscore pick the fanatic pick. He uh, you can go check out some uh, Zach Wilson slander. Uh, okay. he, he he had he had some memes out today. Uh, you go, know. go use the Google to find it. And you can- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen, it, the receipts. We we learned one thing from our coach. We got to keep receipts. So we got the, the receipt. Paul, I will tell you right now. You don't need them with me. It's <laughs> if I'm wrong. I will tell you. If I'm right, I will tell you. That's and, what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear, Paul. You know, it, it's I, I've got a lot of good hits and a lot of good misses over the years. Uh, I'll tell you something, Paul. I mean, we're, we're so excited about this division game. We're so excited about the Jets. Hopefully, getting a win at MetLife. But the the collaboration with uh, you know our our fan sided brothers, uh, especially that you're running the Dolphins, it, it's, it this makes it even more important because now I have a face. And now it's not just like you know sitting in my corner, you know, okay, whatever. Dolphins beat us, I can move on. Now I have a face, and I have to face you. Uh, and I was gonna say there, there, there's a lot more experience in this beard than there is in yours. At the moment. <laughs> that's so. fair. That's fair. We have two though. Does that count? <laughs> Two, beard. Two beards. Dude, I, got more, I, I got more white in this beard than you guys got in both. I'm, of star- them. I'm starting to get a little. It's starting to come in a little bit. It's starting <laughs> yeah, to get a little salt. That, you sound like my 11 year old with the. It's starting to come in a little bit. <laughs> oh wow! Here we go. We're not oh, going to play nice. the who's older game, but I have no hair on my head. I'm just saying. <laughs> I have a full head of hair, luckily. <laughs> All right, Paul. Thank oh, you so man. much, man. Thank yeah, you guys. thank good you luck. very much. Appreciate good it. Good luck on Sunday. Thank you, Paul. Have a good one, man. And to all of our listeners, thank you all for tuning in for another Jets episode of the Next Jets Etc. podcast. You all know what to do. Please make sure to find us on all audio listening platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitch, you name it. We are there. If you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to give us a five-star rating. And if you listen to us on Apple, please make sure to leave a review or comment. Just like our brother Paul, man, from On the Fin Side, we are also partnered with Fan Side and Minute Media. So you can find this podcast on the Jet Press and the Daily Knicks. 
We also got that YouTube channel, Nick's Comma Jets Comma ETC, period, no one writes out, etc. That shit's wild. Find the page, subscribe, hit that notification bell. That way you know when a new episode drops. When you watch a video, hit the like button. Leave a comment, add to the conversation. We want to know your thoughts and opinion. Look, we know we got some Dolphin fans in here watching out because of Paul. All right. What do you guys think? They were trolling Jets the Jets media. They were trolling Richie's Jets media all 22 today watching the, the Steelers. So the Dolphins fans are out, man. Dolphin fans are out. Look, man. <laughs> they, we, all, we all get it. It's, it's a division rival. Up and coming teams. We feel it. We feel it. Come on. Let us all know in the comments what you think is going to happen this weekend. We also got another podcast, Winning Picks Weekly. That's also partnered with Minute Media. John, video producer Greg, and our guy and co-host Chip Murphy. These guys go through every single sport possible. If you need to put money down the line, these guys got you covered. Paul. How dare you, man? This is a this is a this is a travesty. Your name is Paul Pickin. How do you not have an, how do you not have the podcast name uh Pickin with Paul Pickin? Come on, bro. You gotta have a podcast name. With I that. inherited like, the podcast, man. Like, <laughs> no, I need a gambling pod. As soon as I saw your name, I was like, I need a gambling podcast called Pickin with Paul Pickin, man. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Let's, let's go. And then last and certainly not least, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you name it. We are there. We'll catch you guys later this week for another Jets episode. Rapid reaction. We out. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 